Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everybody, to Me Time. I hope you all had a lovely week. I hope you found some time to have some Me Time for yourself. Please share with us if you did and tag us on social media so we can repost the stories and see what everybody's doing and how they're spending their time. I am so excited about this week's guest. Well, this is someone I know very, very well. One of my uh, dearest and closest friends, James Rodé Rodriguez. And he, I feel like, really gets me time. He actually, I think, describes it better than I do. We had such a nice chat, and I'm so excited for you all to listen and get to know him a little better and enjoy the two of us having a really good time. Uh, First off, before we get to James, I'm going to maybe start a little thing where I talk about my me time over the last week and fun things I discovered or did. Um, my me time over the last week, I would say, was majority was taken up with, uh, which I consider a, a great uh, way to spend me time, was connecting with family. I went home to my hometown, Louisville, Kentucky, and saw my family and had a really nice time and also visited the theater where I grew up doing plays and ran into some old friends that absolutely warmed my heart, touched my soul, but who were such a big part of of me doing what I do. I did my first play at this theater when I was 10. It's a dinner theater, and I just want to kind of shout them out. It's called the Derby Dinner Playhouse, and I really feel like I grew up in this theater, and this is where I learned to and sort of found what I wanted to do. And so much of it was shaped by these incredible people that were always so supportive and kind and helpful and, you know, always willing to give like constructive criticism and help me be better. And they were also so loving in the process. And it was so nice to go back. I even got to see a couple of old friends, but also to just see a show and experience how special that that theater is and how talented everyone there is. And that was really, really nice. It's like connecting, reconnecting with a part of myself. And then obviously seeing family does that as well. Being in the old house and sleeping in my childhood bed, I sleep so well when I'm there. It was, it was a really, really nice visit. I'm going to post a couple of my like favorite highlights from that trip. Honestly, that's kind of the standout of the week for me, except for this one other thing that I discovered that would become one of my favorite things that I absolutely cannot live without right now, and that is something called the Mighty Patch, which maybe I'm late to the game. I don't know. I've been having like a weird breakout lately. Do you guys know these patches? You like put them on a pimple or like a whitehead or whatever and like leave it overnight, and then the next day you just kind of pull it off and like the whitehead comes out, and I thought it was a little bit of hooey because... That sounds like magic. And then I did it. And it's not just magic. It's real. Maybe it is magic. I don't know what it is, but it works. So anyway, that was a a favorite thing. And the other is, uh, I'm going to shout out another place I love in Louisville called uh, Heine Brothers Coffee. 
because uh, it's my favorite coffee in the world. And uh, I just wanted to, to, to mention that, right? So I'm thinking that might be a nice just beginning to throw into every episode, which is my own way that I spent me time. Oh, and as far as the Ask Me Anything episode, that's gonna keep, that's gonna be ongoing. So we may do a little bonus up. So look for that. But I am going to get to all the questions, and that will just be a continuous thing. So and feel free to keep sending them because we're just gonna keep doing it. So thank you all. So uh, without further ado, James Rode Rodriguez and his uh, very eclectic, uh, interesting, unique uh, me time that led him into other forms of me time. I'll leave it at that. First off, Joms. It's thickness to it. It's girthy. Cheers, Joms. Yay, welcome to me time. Me time with Maggie Lawson. <laughs> That's the name of my show. I'm still trying to figure it out, Joms. Good news is I have three beverages. Um, You're good to go with We're drinking beverage. a little Chopin. Uh, vodka at the moment um, because Joms loves. Uh, also, I don't think I can call you Joms the whole podcast. I think that will that get annoying to people. I can't speak for the crowds. The, the crowds, masses. yeah. Um, James, yeah, maybe mix it up. Yeah, mix it up. Rodriguez, yeah. throw sure. a Rodé in there. Throw everybody off. Can I ask what happened to your finger? Judy happened to my finger. Judy, what did she do? She, um, she, she gets really excited and she bites. And she's only one, so we're going to have to work that uh, out. Judy is a dog, not a child, just so everyone knows. Yeah, Judy is Maggie's mother. When she sees me, <laughs> she still gets very, very excited. <laughs> it's my mom's name. And there have been periods she's... in Maggie's life where that was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> because she would get way more excited to see me than she would, um, you know, I, I love that the mass squeeze du jour. <laughs> I love that you're talking to the masses. Out there. No, Judy is uh, a, a one-year-old Boston Terrier. Yeah. And she ju- she can jump very high, impressively so. And she goes after my hands. She just wants to... And there was a point where she latched on and I was actually dangling from my finger. And I think that was the time that, uh, that this happened. Oh, that'll do that. Yeah. Even though she's so tiny. She's tiny and she's precious. And it's hard to get mad at her for anything. She has the cutest eyes I've ever seen. But I guess what this is going to do is just keep getting higher. Oh, nice. Until I eventually clip it off. It's like a little tattoo or something. It's It's kind of a fashion statement. Fingernail tattoo. Yeah, it looks great, Joms. How are you doing today? Shit, it looks like a bicycle. You have a bicycle tattoo on your nail? (laughs) Thank you, Judy. Judy's a tattoo artist. I'm going to close this, actually, and I'm going to put this down because, you know. Um, Same rules apply here as the psychologists are in. Anxiety-free zone, so anything you don't want to talk about or anything you don't want to share that we might cover or whatever, so everybody feels good. Well, let me start with this. I was thinking about you and me time, and obviously I know you fairly well. We spent some time together. I feel like you're very good at me time. I feel like you're good at knowing. So the way I kind of talk about me time is like, it's when you, it's that, that's that thing you do, these things that we do that kind of like bring us back to ourselves. And it could be anything from like guilty pleasure to, you know, super healthy uh, versions of it to whatever the weirder, the better I always say, but it can be so small and it too, so extravagant, just whatever we do, which is an array of things that bring us back to ourselves, especially when we feel like we're like not feeling good or feeling super connected to who we are or whatever. So, and then I started thinking like you are, 
I've known you at least, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like I've known you to be pretty good at it. Like pretty good at kind of knowing when you're like, I need, I need a minute. Yeah, I would say there's a difference between knowing that you need something and delivering it to yourself, you know? 100%. And uh, I've always known that it's uh, a huge part of the pie chart for me. And then depending on where I am in my life or who I'm spending my time with or how busy I am or all of those things that kind of come in and turn up the noise, that's unfortunately sort of what dictates how much of it I get. Right. And how much I remember to, to take care of myself. And I think the key or the needle that we're all trying to thread, especially as we get older, is, is to listen to that voice first and foremost and take care of, our, of ourselves first. Right. So it's the whole oxygen plane stewardess thing. Right. You know, you got to put your mask on before you can help another kid or, right. uh, or whoever's sitting next to you that, that would require help. But we forget that, I feel like, sometimes. So yeah. I feel like from the time I was very, very young, I've known that uh, me time is a huge part of what makes me tick. It's just a huge part of my DNA. And I don't think rocket science, I was an only child. And... Uh, for a good chunk of that time, it was I was also a latchkey kid, and and I spent a, a lot of time alone, and a lot of time with myself and and my own thoughts, and and that became a very safe and happy space for me. Yeah, like I I've heard you talk a lot about you know your even you know as you were when you were younger and through these eras of your life time in your life that that's sort of when you discovered your love of like horror films but as you've gotten older I'll actually link this to a bigger question that I kind of like to ask because I feel like there are things that kind of mark our lives or like happen in our lives we have many of them but that almost force us into a period of time where we get to where you're forced to get to know yourself in a different way something happens to you I call them moments of impact where you know, your it's could be unexpected, or fairly unexpected that something happens to you that you are changed after that moment, like life is not the same as it was before. And, you know, a lot of times I, I hear people say positive, like it can be obviously a birth of a child or something like that. But most of the time, I think for people thrown into that kind of time in their lives where they have to really get to know themselves and it's not usually the most pleasant thing. It's usually like a job loss, a breakup. A, you know, for me, I talk about when Peanut when Peanut passed. And so I wonder for you, what would be like a moment of impact that made you get to know yourself in kind of a different way or that you were changed by? Yeah. Changed from? By? Changed by? From? Changed through? Yeah, well, as you know, I used to like to dress up my penis as different uh, famous guitarist from the 70s. God, I was really hoping. I didn't know if you would go there, but yeah. I was really hoping that and that was what you were going to... Like, they were like little sock sock puppets. Yeah. But, you love the disco one. But always very distinguishable. Yeah. Like, no one ever had a problem guessing no. who I was featuring. Right. And when George Harrison passed... Oh, shit. <laughs> it was two things. That, two things that happened. One... Uh, okay. It was such a bummer... <laughs> Because we had already lost, you know, John so early. Yeah. And still we're not recovered. And what I realized is like, no matter how, no matter how much this is resonating with me or at the time you, I don't ever want this to be mistaken for mockery of any kind. It doesn't matter how much nuance or detail I put in the little eyes or the hair or how much craft stuff I got from Michael's. 
Michaels. I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm making fun of these artists um, because of the, the part of my body that I'm using. No, of course not. So twofold, when I said twofold, it's this. One, it was the end of, of an era because I stopped dressing up my member as musicians. Wait, is this because George Harrison passed? Yes. Oh, I see. And then two, and this is probably maybe arguably more pertinent to your question. I realized that I was going to have to fill that void in a different way. And so after a brief and unsuccessful dalliance with gangster rappers. Oh, yeah. Um, I ultimately got off of uh, penis puppetry altogether <laughs> and discovered the wide world of fantasy sports. Oh, it was the penis puppetry that made you discover fantasy sports? Well, it was the death of penis puppetry. Okay, got it. And by the way, it's important that we say it that way, penis puppetry, because puppetry of the penis is something very different. Correct. Which I was not oh, blessed oh. with the skills for. Oh, I can't, okay. I can't do the wristwatch. I can't do the hamburger. There's, oh, okay. Uh, but and those you've are, tried. And I, of course, because those are the two most basic ones. Right. And those are the entry-level ones. And it's like, if you can't do that, stop now. 100%. So that was wow. my. How did you know? You that was knew. My experience. You're like, I'm only gonna get so far with. Did that. I know? I think any man who's being honest with himself probably knows if he's got, got the wristwatch in him, but he still has to. You know, you st you still have to do it. You still have to. Some things you just have to learn yeah. for yourself. Yeah. You know this. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, you know what? I think. Uh, moment of impact. Because that was only a that was a very slight slight detour. I think uh, for me. A, a true moment of impact was probably leaving New York City as a 22-year-old and landing in Los Angeles as a 22-year-old mm -hmm. and thinking that life was going to look one way and then almost overnight having to pivot to life looking a very different way. Now, both of these ways are still like one percenter dreams, right? I... I thought that I was going to be a New York actor making theater and grinding and, you know, having a bar job that still allowed me to go to rehearsals and suffering for my art and finding a tribe and being a part of a movement and all of the things that theater school kind of builds you up for. Right. And ultimately, in a very short period of time, I found myself very, very lucky, transplanted to the other side of the country making more money than I thought I ever would make. Yeah. And doing work that, frankly, uh, I used to, I, I was making fun of and, sh and looking down on um, because it wasn't serious enough. And so as a young 22-year-old self-righteous, idealistic artist, that can really scramble you up. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like guilty? Did you feel like you weren't like... I felt like, guilty. Yeah. I felt like not authentic. I felt like, like I was out. selling out to everything that I had, all the flags that I, that I had carried. Um, I felt like other people were saying that about me, you know, when I left rooms. Mm, right. But what you realize is that at the end of the day, like anyone would have jumped at that opportunity. Of course. Because that's your way in. And yeah. once you're in, you can actually start figuring out who you are what matters to you, what doesn't, what hills you're willing to die on, and all of that stuff. But it doesn't matter if you are never actually given the opportunity, right? So you have to go in because that's where the opportunities are. You have to be in the room where it happens. Yep. 
But at 22, it takes a while to figure all of that out. So I found myself living in West Hollywood uh, with my best friend, luckily, um, from high school who had, who had been on every step of this journey with me. And everyone else at that time, you have to remember this was in the early 60s, everyone else at that time... Um, <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> I often feel like I'm that old. It wasn't the early days. I'm literally like, wait, are we back to penis puppetry? You no, said no, no. 70s. Oh, um, okay. Got it. No, this, this was... Uh, <laughs> you feel so old. This was at the turn of the, the, turn of the century. Century. <laughs> yeah, turn of the century. Um, everyone else that was sort of doing what I was doing at the, in the same stage of their careers didn't seem to be taking it seriously enough. For my liking. Oh, interesting. In and, LA. Yeah. And uh-huh. the LA culture seemed to be sucking people uh-huh. in and sucking them dry uh-huh. and spitting them out in a way that I also didn't care for. Mm-hmm. So I found myself retreating. I did a lot of retreating to my own thoughts, um, my own idea of what kind of path I should be on. Mm-hmm. And like if if everyone I knew was going to some party at some ridiculous bar, I was staying in and either reading a book about screenwriting or doing some absolutely, I'm sure at the time, terrible writing of my own. Like I decided still hustling. I was going to, to live the anti-culture that was that I was surrounded by. And during that period, I started a fantasy football, fantasy basketball, and fantasy baseball league. With like eleven other people. Okay, I have to let's stop right there. Yeah. What is a fantasy football basketball? Just give me one. So, what does it mean? It's basically a bunch of sports nerds. Okay. Who are drafting teams of real players? Yes. And then the league plays out based on the statistics that those, in real time that those players are actually achieving. Okay, got it. They're doing all the work. Okay. We're sitting with our remote controls or looking at our laptops or refreshing our screens and 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 singing their praises when they do well and cursing their names okay. when they have bad games. But you're a sports you were a sports fan though already. So like this was like a It was a natural progression right, for okay. a, for a sports fan like like myself. Right. Um, so I put together these three teams, these three leagues rather, uh, one for each sport. Little did I know at the time that 24 years later, these three leagues would all still exist uh, with very little turnover as to who's in them. Really? Um, so that those were my humble beginnings. It was ESPN, which was one of the you know few platforms that that offered fantasy sports online um, oh, okay. that that early on. Do you pay? To like we do play for money. It's not it's not big money. Okay. It's more like fun kind of bragging rights. Okay. Money. Okay. And um, again, this is all all within the context of me not having a ton of fun when I moved to Los Angeles, and instead having a lot of time with myself when I wasn't in a trailer or on a set. Right. So I became. And good is a weird word to apply to being a fantasy sports manager because again, you're not actually doing anything. You're not you're not doing any of the playmaking. 
But you're like picking, making, wait, can you like trade? You can make trades. Okay, okay. You can wave people. You can pick people up. It's more like being a GM of a sports team. Okay. That's, that's, that's what okay. it really is. Uh-huh. I was giving it a lot of time and a lot of focus. And as a result, won almost all those leagues almost exclusively for the first couple of years. You know, I, I became a guru in my own mind. I was beating the hell out of my poor friends. I feel like I got to witness an early experience in, so go on, because yeah. this got into a bigger thing. It did, too. and, yeah. and um, through no fault of theirs, because they probably had much fuller, richer lives and real responsibilities where they couldn't give nearly as much time to it as I was. But I created these leagues, and then I started winning the shit out of these leagues, and then became convinced that because I was doing that, and because I was doing it so, like I was hammering, I was hammering these people. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was a hammering. Yeah, it was. It was a bloodbath. Uh, I, that perhaps, perhaps I was one of the best fantasy managers in the world. Like I, maybe I was, maybe I was that good. Yeah. So the next <laughs> logical step for me, and this was something that you remember because you were privy to it. Yeah. Um, it happened when we were in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, in the early years, I went the early years year. of Psych. Yeah, I discovered high stakes fantasy. Yeah, and I decided I needed to test my skills against the best of the best, <laughs> which is not unlike a guy or a gal or someone who doesn't define themselves by gender <laughs> pronouns. Right, right. Who who wins all the time in their like home poker game? Right. Who's just constantly cleaning up? Yeah. Deciding, you know what? I'm going to enter the world. Yeah. the World Series of Poker, because I think I might be that good. Yeah. And it's, it, it was in Las Vegas. They did, they did their live drafts in, in Las Vegas. They still do. And I would fly from Vancouver, because it was during our seasons. And, um, and I'll never forget that. The first one was baseball, and I arrived, and I was sitting at a table in a ballroom in Vegas, surrounded by uh sharks you know they they had all of their materials Mm -hmm. well uh i had like a magazine and confidence (laughs) a lot of them were wearing jerseys Uh for their favorite sports sports teams Uh um no one was particularly interested in my whimsy (laughs) or my my irreverence (laughs) yeah um they were there because uh it was serious time right and this is where the, the fantasy sports and the universe as a whole can be a cruel mistress. <laughs> I had a remarkable rookie season. I finished in the top 10 of their overall tournament. In the, in the country, and right? I, yeah, and yeah. I won uh, a, a very like nice cash prize. So now <laughs> I was now like, I, the evidence is empirical. <laughs> I no longer have to wonder if I'm one of the best. Yeah. I am one of the best. <laughs> yeah. You and it be, like you became a person yeah. that, in addition uh, to your full, <laughs> rich exterior and interior life, yeah. we're spending a great deal of time with someone who was one of the best fantasy players yes. on planet Earth. Yes. I mean, it, and, and to say a mistress, I uh, there were times yeah. where I was like, man, it's a. Uh, yeah. It's me or fantasy sports. That's right. That's <laughs> no. right. But so, wait, wait, I went early days, though. You did. Was that football? 
I think you came to a football yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I remember you called out all my my picks. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, it was good. And I was the same. I was sort of like, oh, we're gonna go into this room, and it's gonna be. I thought like a small table with some people, and like, I mean, there were so many people in this room. It's a multi billion dollar industry. It's now. insane. It's 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 right there. It's right below poker. I mean, yeah. it's that huge. Yeah. There are people that just do this. For a living. They don't supplement. It's not a supplemental thing. It's right. just like, this is what they do yeah. year round. This is going to start being one of those like TikTok things that starts like circulating yeah. that goes viral where people are like, you can quit your jobs and just do fantasy you can sports. Just, do just fantasy listen sports. to Rodriguez speak. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so. so basically reality set in soon after <laughs> and I did not have anything close to the same success in high stakes football or high stakes uh, mm. baseball for many years. There was a very long, cold, dry spell mm-hmm. during which I realized there was simply no way that I was going to be able to keep up with these sharks and whales who, you know, did this and this alone. Right. But because it was like such a gift for me and such a happy place for me and I didn't really have any other vices to speak of. This was my thing. This was the thing that allowed me to turn down the noise, to shut off my brain. I could take 20 minutes, as you remember, which is, you know, about all I had. Ever. It's so funny. I made that comment at the beginning, like, you're good at me time. I think you just are good at knowing yourself, but I think you're also right. Like, you were, were so busy that even having 10 minutes to breathe, this like you is, didn't have that. I yeah. didn't have that. I didn't have time for any awesome dope hobbies. You know, I was wearing multiple hats on a show that I cared so, so much about and, and that I was so lucky to be a part of that that's what made sense for me to be giving 99% of my time to. And so I would take this 20 minutes, whether it was at night or during lunch or whenever I could find it. And I'm very, I'm very thankful. Like I, I had, whether regardless of what season it was, you know, basketball, football, or baseball, I had multiple teams that always needed my attention and that didn't require me to speak to someone or answer any questions All I needed was my eyes and my brain and my laptop. And it was like looking at, it's looking at a lot of numbers, frankly. Like if you don't know anything about sports or stats or anything, to look at like one of these websites, you're just going to see names with a bunch of numbers next to them. It's almost like looking at code or something. Right. But for me, it was like, you know, being on a beach and with a book Right. And just sighing and and for that 20 minutes or however long it was, knowing that nothing else was going to crawl in into the dome and mix me up or throw me off. And that became my special place. And what, 15 years later, it absolutely still is. Now, I'm not nearly as fiercely competitive at the highest levels anymore, do you I've, still go to Vegas? Do I do, go? but it's now it's more of like it's just good times. Yeah. I'm a part of this community. I yeah. know the other player. I know the guy the guys who started the NFFC and the NFBC are really good dudes and bunch of letters don't Yeah. yeah. And uh <laughs> and now we do some stuff together that's for charity and it's kind of evolved oh, into cool. something else for yeah. me. But it is still very much my special sweet brain place that allows me to Sort of turn every, everything else off. and Because even like if I do something that inspires me, whether it's if, if, if it's a film or reading a book or listening to a song, like if it's something artistic 
that I appreciate, that, that moves me in some way or inspires me, that, that's still taking up emotional real estate and yep. gearing me up in a way that is not, it's still the exact opposite of what I, what I know I need sometimes, which is all of that has to go away. All of that has to turn off. So, you know, if I make time to watch some movie that I've heard great things about and it ends up delivering and I absolutely love it, like that's great, but that just makes me want to go right that second. Right. You know, or a great song. To create something. Makes yeah. me want to go create. Makes yeah. me want to listen to every yeah. other song that that yeah. artist did. Like it's just, I get inspired and then I, that's all I can think about. Right. And so it can't be that. Yeah. Like I can't go lose myself in something that I love or something that I do. And sports. Yeah. Luckily. While I get so much joy out of it, and why I and while I, I I can watch football all day on Sunday if I have nothing else to do, I can also leave it on the field. You right. Know? It's yeah, it's not, it's right. like it's something that I can digest, appreciate, and let go of. Right. And, and I think that's that's part of like what the bedrock for for me time is it is it you fills know? the tank it, it has to do it in a way that doesn't require any additional emotional real estate right or that's going to cause anxiety or it's going to cause you to go down holes that you're trying to avoid in the first place this is why this is so great because this is exactly what me time is it should not be anything that stirs you into anything else. It has to be something that refuels you in a way that's just for you. And also, as you said, you can leave it, but you're also refueled from, in a way you just feel like, oh, I'm, oh, okay. I needed that minute to like come back to myself so that I can go be, wear all the hats and do all the things and whatever, because otherwise we get on empty and then we turn into something or someone we don't like. And if I'm being completely honest with you, because I've known you for so long and this is time and it's the best podcast going right now yeah, yeah, yeah. i i would have to say that that is not actually something that i ever got out of my uh dick sock pockets yeah <laughs> because i think i was way too invested in what other people thought of them <laughs> giving them the three guesses way too much thinking wanting people to get it right and deliver for other time. people you that's no you can't be it can't be about other people john so, so i wasn't when i thought that was my thing it yeah. actually wasn't even my thing yeah you know wow i feel like um i kind of knew this about you <laughs> but i but i but feel you were always very cool in that way it's like yeah. you, you knew i was on my own journey and and I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah. I didn't even want to give my two cents about like, you know, what characters I wanted to see or, you know. People. It's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that I do we... remember you were very excited when I went down the Pink Floyd hole, though. Oh, my God. It was unexpected. Completely. Yeah. And I feel like that was for me. <laughs> that was like just for me. The ways that I chose, you know, to, to show you that I, yeah. that I cared yeah. were unconventional. For sure. But unique. But they worked. I knew. I knew. I knew that was that was that was special for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that we brought it back to the puppets. I feel like I have so well. I feel like I want to do like a how-to on fantasy sports with you, but I also don't know that that's a, what this me time is going to be about. But I also there was There's so much content out there that that can okay. be consumed for anyone who's even remotely curious. Can I just ask a couple like dumb fantasy sports for dummies questions? Sure. Was a spread? If somebody's like, I covered the spread. 
for the weekend. Okay, so spread is more of a betting term oh. than a fantasy term. Parlay? A parlay is also a betting term. Give me some fantasy sports. Like, I know a thing or two about fantasy sports terms. Flex is a fantasy sports term. Like, super like flex weird flex? Is a fantasy sports oh, term. Oh, super flex. Because in terms of your roster construction, yeah. a flex spot is not specific to a certain position. A flex can be a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end. A super flex can even be a quarterback. Whoa. And all the rage, flex. sort of the direction that fantasy has moved in, I would say, like the last six to eight years are these damn super flex leagues where you have to roster two quarterbacks. And so it kind of changes everything because, yeah. as we know, there are not two quarterbacks no. um, playing for the same team at the same time no. in real football. I mean, there's one and two usually. Against but, each other, yes. Right, but yes. they're not playing at the same time. Right. And it sort of changes the way you approach a draft and the way you build your roster and the way you strategize and all that stuff. And it's fun to mix things up yeah. and keep people on their toes and, you know, have different formats and stuff. But it, it's got it's certainly gotten further away from like that. Hey, this is what it feels like if you were a real GM, you know. Got it's, it. It's, so flex is flexible? Flex is flex means flexible. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. What is well, that's another question for another a day. Spread is simply uh, what odds makers have decided is going to be the difference between the score of two teams. Okay. So say oh, got the, it. Say the Titans are playing the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and the Titans are at home, and they're getting you know a a basic what they give home teams you know. Three points. The Titans minus three means that if you want to bet on the Titans against the Cowboys, the Titans need to win by more than three points. Ah, okay. That's the spread. Okay. I can I can get down with that. A little horse racing. I yeah. get a little bit of that. Yeah. A parlay is all a parlay is basically is putting a bunch of bets together to improve the odds and make it worth a lot more money. So oh. instead of needing one thing to happen, you need five or six or seven or eight things to happen. But if they all do the payoff is exponentially glorious. Larger. Got it. All right. Switch gears for a second. Of course. Because I feel like we kind of share a me time, although my me time around this is uh, a little uh, soon. I will have a new pup in my life. Yes. But uh, pets have always been, I think, a thing that we are both like for me anyway, like five minutes with peanut, five minutes, just five minutes. Before. They always bring us back to ourselves. Let's start with this. Yep. This will be fun. So Rodriguez, is that the, well, is that the sort of, look, I feel like you understand exactly what me time is. I feel like we covered uh, exactly. I know what it is for me. I'm what it is for it's, you. It's different for everyone. I feel like you, though, I like, no, I think you nailed it. it exactly what, what that, it is different for everybody, but the feeling yeah. of what me time should be is what you nailed, it's which what, I'm still learning this in myself in a lot of ways. What people, I think, achieve. When they meditate, it's it's whatever that feeling is that allows you to kind of like shut off the world and float yeah. and find your center. I honestly think that I was able to, I think like because of our time together, like find that more in myself because I feel like you were okay. You were always okay with, and we can share this or not or whatever, but you were so... Um, I feel like comfortable with me exploring whatever I needed to, whether it was like 
the times I would fly to LA, the friends that I had, the trips I would take, my alone time, which was something I hadn't really experienced in my life, like people being okay with or not threatened by or... Eyes wide shut parties. Yeah, yeah, which obviously now is every weekend for, you know... And also not nearly as provocative as, as they were back then. No, definitely not. Well, you know, things... Never mind. But yes, the Eyes Wide Shut parties, you know. I wanted you to go to them. I know. This is what I mean. You encouraged this. But I'm saying I really do believe that period in my life when I talk about, like, even why I do this podcast. Because now, you know, I I, I I will go eat alone. I travel alone. Like, it's it's become a thing in my life that I cherish, I protect, I love, I need. It's different. Some days it's five minutes of just watching dog rescue videos on the dodo and I feel good to go. Other times it's like I have to get out of LA for a couple of weeks and I can, you know, go like whatever. But I've thought about it so many times that I feel like it was that during that time that we, I felt obviously lucky enough to have the means and time to go kind of explore and see things I liked and get to know myself in a way that I felt like this is more just like a thank you that I felt like you always encouraged like you always saw the value in that I think because at the time especially you had so little of it yourself but also I think in your life you had learned like whether you're you know Vegas or because I know you still left I, I was thinking that I also thought that might be something you would you would bring up as one of your your sort of me times when you and because me time can be with people it can be with people I think my my affinity for Vegas really started to fade mm. um, just because you get older, those casinos are filled with cigarette smoke. Yes. You can't stay out as late. You can't drink as much. You wake up feeling shittier and like things that you weren't even considering when you were much younger suddenly become like detrimental yeah. to having a good time. Yeah. So I think, you know, we Todd and I both, we kind of woke up when we were you know, in our early 40s, and we're like, dude, I think we're done with Vegas. Are we done? And we kind of were. We were right on the cusp of like, you know what? We're going to find a new spot, and we're going to start, you know, we're going to start workshopping new spots, and then oh. and then we'll find one that we like the way we used to like Vegas, and it'll look different, it'll feel different, because we're different, we're older, um, and that'll be our new thing. But then, then... Uh-oh. We discovered the Park MGM, which is a smoke-free casino. Oh, and you were back in. Only one in Vegas. Really? I didn't even know that. That's wonderful. The, no, I haven't been to be in the Sahara, and it was purchased by the MGM, and they made it the first smoke-free casino. In I had Vegas. no idea. And I can't tell you what a huge difference it makes. Oh, that's so fantastic! And, and you love the MGM. And it's not an indictment against people who smoke cigarettes, except it absolutely is. 100%. <laughs> That's yeah. all it is. That's all it is. is yeah. That they were they had soured my <laughs> soured my experiences to the and point that was that your I was, like that was ready to walk away. Yeah. And now I can go back again. I love that. Well, I think that's what I mean. You even knew like that would be restorative in some way for you to feel like yourself. Like I learned a lot just from watching that. I mean, I you know before th- then I don't think I'd ever like gone on definitely not gone on a trip like by myself but like just with my girlfriends to like go have a good time and be girls Uh, for a week that stuff so so imperative so imperative it changed my life like but I just hadn't experienced that anyway so um so thank you and okay let's do first do um three things 
I want to know three things you absolutely cannot live without right now. It can change, but right now. Right. I mean, this is a transient question because we go through phases and, and stages and stuff. So I would right say um, Barry's Boot Camp is going to make the list. Oh, nice. Because without it, I don't think I would exercise. And if I didn't exercise, I would turn into the penguin. <laughs> So, Wait, what is it about berries? Because I haven't been, but everybody feels this way about it. Um, it it forces you to work beyond uh, where you feel comfortable. Okay. Which is not something that I can do when I'm working out by myself. Right. I just can't get myself to the same place. Right. I know I'm not getting as much out of it as I could. Right. You stick me in a room uh, with some other people and someone with a mic and for whatever reason, it triggers my brain in a different way, and I end up coming within inches of my life. Every <laughs> yeah. Awesome. If you okay. don't know what berries is, it's a split. <clears throat> it's basically like uh, it's half uh, cardio, high-impact treadmill-based cardio, okay, and half weight training. Okay. And you're just switching back and forth between the two. And it's, uh, and it's brutal. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's my lifeline to like health and um, and good heart health, okay. mostly. Yeah, smart. So I got to have that. Um, these aren't in any particular order, but the dogs are obviously going to be on that list always. We're going to get to them in a second. They're, um, they're like a staple just because uh, I don't know, the, the smile on a dog is like a spiritual experience, you know? Yeah. They can erase years of... Pain and um, and trauma and and suffering in a way that um, drugs and therapy and you name it. Yeah. Uh, I personally have just I I've never experienced anything quite like um, coming home after a day that sucked and that you just couldn't wait to be over, and then looking into the eyes of one or two or three or more pets that are just so so delighted that you're back yeah and that have i've been waiting for you to get back from the moment that you left yeah unconditional love and just want to be as close to you as humanly possible there's nothing there's just nothing quite like it for people who maybe don't know and i think most people who listen to this pod know what kind of dogs do you have in their names currently my incomparable uh partner and i uh, share her 17-year-old toy poodle, uh, Theo, Yeah, who is a sagely gentleman in his twilight years who makes his needs very, very clear, but also spends a good portion of the day in a deep state of rest. <laughs> Our pandemic rescue yes. was a dog de Bordeaux, also known as a French Mastiff, named Claude. Mm-hmm. He is now five, and uh, oh, love Claude. You and I shared a French Mastiff named Franck. Yeah, and the other thing I love so much about about dogs is like they're same breed. Yeah, could not be more different. They're all they're, they're always. They yeah. have their own souls. They have their own quirks. They have their own personalities. Yeah, um, you know, Franck was uh, was sort of like the Edgar Allan Poe meets. Rain Man of of, ma- of <laughs> Mastiffs. Such a good you know, way was, to put it. He was hyper sensitive. 
Yeah. Very aware of his own mortal coil. Yeah. Didn't like most things that other dogs liked. No. Didn't like didn't like a ton of other dogs. Very, but when he liked another dog, he loved that dog. It was there. It was his. It was it a huge became, breakthrough moment. Yes. For people too, frankly. And people. Oh my God, people. Um, he was very selective about people. Claude is on the other side of that spectrum. Yeah. Uh, he's just a big bundle of joy. Uh, everybody gets a shot for the most part. Um, just a big, big sweetheart. And uh, he has recently welcomed into the home our double strike rescue. <laughs> double strike rescue, uh, right? Judy, the Boston Terrier, who's one years old. And we weren't sure. We weren't sure if Claude was going to be like, uh, forget this. Um, I'm not giving up my my place in the hierarchy this dog has way too much energy she's disrupting my flow and for like the first week it was a little touch and go but he came around he recognized i think how important it was to us that this all work out and he has become a really good big brother Aww. he's incredibly patient with her Abby. she's kind of a something of a tasmanian devil and she just he gets punched in the face and, you know, headbutted and knocked in the in the wiener, and he just kind of takes it all and recognizes, like, oh, this is this is her thing. She's doing that thing where she <laughs> loses her loses her shit, um, and then uh, and then they cuddle together and yeah. sleep together and nap together, and it's very very sweet. It's really sweet. Support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. Perfect timing, honestly, because fall is on its way and my wardrobe could definitely use a refresh. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. From luxurious cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories to elevated versions of all your everyday staples. In any season, but this one especially, their sweaters are the it item. I am obsessed with the Flynn cashmere sweater. Oh, I'm obsessed with all of her cashmere. It's like the perfect everyday v-neck. Literally every day. I wear it all the time. You're going to see it on this podcast. The cashmere Francis polo is super cool, like vintage inspired. They have that back in new shades and you can bet I'm adding both to my cart ASAP. I get compliments every time I wear Jenny Kane. They're just so comfortable. They're classic. It's just like the best, yummiest staples to have in your wardrobe. And they're so comfortable. I truly live in them all season long. Jenny Kane is that type of brand that you never want to take off, truly. I got the cashmere fisherman sweater and it's one of the softest fabrics I have ever, ever felt. I can't even handle it and the color options are perfection. Jenny Kane is known for their super uh, luxe yet lightweight sweaters, and trust us, they do cashmere better than anyone. The Cashmere Fisherman and Cashmere Cocoon are the best sellers in every season, but I am always, as always, most excited to style them each fall. Fall, it's, they're just so yummy, you all. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. I love to pair the Jenny Kane sweater with everything, from classic denim to a simple slip dress for a look that's effortless and so easily put together. Jenny Kane believes in the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So, you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. 
They also have a stunning collection of home essentials, timeless furniture pieces, cozy throws, perfectly curated decor, and the most incredible candles. I keep one in every room. Oh my gosh, I love her candles. Plus, they have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back in every purchase, and joining is completely free. Find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code Maggie at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at JennyKane.com, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code Maggie. Like getting dressed, be one less thing to worry about. So, Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, that's our... I finally got Judy kisses. We had a very fun game night to celebrate your partner's birthday a couple of weeks ago. where We were all running around like crazy people doing running charades, which was so much fun. I'm so in on that game, but I I had met Judy once before and I could tell it was like early days. And then finally at the end of the night, I like put my nose down and she came up and gave me like a little kiss. She's so sweet. She's a sweetie. Okay, third thing. Dogs, a workout class. And I'm not just saying this because we're drinking it. Mm. But not unlike during the pandemic when there's like a huge paradigm shift in in our conditioning or what we're used to, it's really nice uh, to have vodka <laughs> as like an old standby. You yeah, know? it's like slipping into a to a pair of like Calvin Klein boxer briefs that you've had since you were maybe in your early thirties. Cal- the little part, <laughs> the little part where your bunghole goes is yeah. worn out to the point that you know yeah. blowing on it could create a hole. <laughs> And uh, I feel like a lot of men are going to be like, I know exactly what I know exactly about. what that feels like because I shouldn't still have them. <laughs> I should have thrown them away long ago. But they still feel the best. Yeah. They feel the best under yeah. my clothes. Yeah. And that to me is, is the role that vodka plays. I love that. And at this very precise moment in time, um, I'm also very happy to have, have football back, even though it's a, a barbaric sport. Uh, where men are destroying their brain functions. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how much longer uh, football will be around. Right. But uh, it's in my blood, and uh, I do get... Giddy. Giddy this time of year. I love that. It's like your Christmas. Okay. Also and then- great, I'm also very grateful to women who play tennis professionally. Yeah! How about the U.S. Open this year? Awesome. Oh, I was like, I there were a couple times too where I think I did text. Oh, I texted you about Djokovic, but I, yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is exciting. Yeah. This is good. And women's tennis in general is just, uh, yeah. Anyway, way up there for me, right? It's like football and women's tennis. You went to the U.S. Open. I did. Yeah, I did. And the first first couple days are my favorite time to go because everybody in the draw uh, is going to be on, is going to be out there on court. You can pretty much see anyone that you want to see. Yeah. Some of those outside courts are great because they're small and intimate and you can be 10 feet away from, from someone that you've only watched play on TV and, and seeing that happen live and, and watching the way that, that they strat. And that's the other reason I love the women's game so much is because they, for the most part, they can't just go out there and like blast each other t- to hell. Right. You know, right. But it's still a game. Right. 
Right. Um, you have to think one or two points ahead, and it requires, you know, s- strategy and, and nuance and versatility, and I just love it. I love it. Love that. Uh, okay. A couple of tougher questions. I want them. Yeah. I welcome them. Well, I did this Ask Me Anything last week, and I got a lot of questions, and I actually had to, like, break it up into some categories, and one of them came up, and I don't know. I, I'd be curious because I feel like, I feel like at least after some time, we can see where this goes, but we, we co-parented a dog pretty well after a breakup, I feel like, after some time. Sure. But one of the questions I had was about, uh, actually I had two about, one was like maturely, how do you maturely stay friends with an ex? And the other one was a co-parenting a dog. Like there's a lot of stuff about custody and kids and all of that, but like sharing a dog, I think a lot of times people think is like a... Like, well, surely one person's going to take the dog and the other person's going to... And obviously, you have that sort of general, like, this is your dog and this is my dog feeling. But in certain cases, like, at least with us and, like, Frank, and I, you know, I still have, like, stuff around Tristan that I kind of feel like, like, I wish you all would have had a little more time in, in the end, especially, and she was very, uh, uh, you know, it was a, that was, like, a weird time. But I didn't know if, like, you felt comfortable or if there was any sort of thing to offer around what kind of like worked around that for us and how eventually, I mean, we got to a place where we were, were so close anyway, but like, you know, you, I felt like Frank was your, Frank was, you and Frank had, uh, like, it was just clear. Like sure. you all are, like yeah. Spirit animal. Yeah. Yeah. And you're same spirit with you, same with Tristan. And T. Yeah. But like there, but like when you left town or if there was an emergency or anything like that, like we, that just got organized in like a way that just in the end really worked. And I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would imagine people that do this with kids yeah. can speak very intelligently about it because it's, it's the, the principles are, are obviously similar. Right. But to, to call mm. back to what we said earlier about dogs, like I, I do think, and I'm speaking unintelligently because I don't have a child and I have no idea what it's like to share a child with someone. Same. And right. But I think oftentimes, especially after, like fresh after a breakup, there's so much resentment and denial and anger and grief. And, and you got not one person, but two, per, two people trying to work through all Stuff. of that using their own coping mechanisms. It's like the last, it's so hard to chip through, to get through all of that, to do anything that's even like remotely functional. Yeah. But for some reason, and I would assume children probably have a similar effect. But again, it's important to to note that I don't know what I'm talking about. When it comes to when say. it comes to pets, yeah. Even if it was the worst, ugliest, shittiest breakup imaginable. Like you still know the power and the magic that goes into what a pet can do for another human being. The love. And and you know that that pet had a special, unique relationship with the person that you broke up with, just like they have with you. And so there's something about depriving another human being of that, that the level of disdain and hate that would be required right. to be like, no. I will not work with you yeah. on a time that you can hang out with the dog for a couple of days. 
is so beyond what I can imagine that I think it just it was just sort of like one of those unspoken things of like, yeah. look, we have stuff to resolve. It's yeah. not going to get resolved anytime soon. Right. Hopefully down the road when cooler heads prevail, we'll be able to like have perspective and start and show some real accountability and like heal and all of those things. Yeah. But that's down the road. That's there, right. In the meantime, mm. of course you can see the dog for a couple of days. That's, that's yeah. That's something I can do. I know I can do that. And I, I know you can do that. It's so it's so funny because I was like thinking about answering it and then I knew you were going to come on the pod. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll maybe this would be an interesting thing to ask James, too, because I think what I would have said, too, is just to elaborate on what you said, that because they're so their love is so pure, our love for them is so pure. And there's something about like the representation of even in the midst of all of the other shit, there's like this reminder of the love that like also the animals can seem to kind of cut through yeah. all that. Yeah. I remember one time you, you texted me and this was during a time that we were not getting on that, particularly well. And, yeah. and we're just like, I need Frank for a couple of days. Yeah. No idea no what was going on. I knew it probably wasn't great. Yeah. But for you to, have, for you to actually text that. Yeah. All I knew was, Oh shit. Yeah. She needs, she needs Frank for a couple of days. <laughs> and, and then you were like, okay. Yeah, I mean, you have to. It's like, yeah. you have to because yeah. it's there's so few things in this life. But that, I also, that, that, that speaks to you too. I mean, I think that speaks to like, it, it, obviously there can be situations if it's dangerous and there's a thing and like, obviously, you know, but like for the most part, so thank you. Yeah, I I, I would have said, I, I was so curious your, your take because mine was so similar, but also just about love of animals and also what you just said was like at the end of everything. Yeah. And if, and as I'm sure you recall, like we weren't even, we were, we had come up with a system where we didn't even have to see one another. I know. We had a go between who was, who was in charge of the back and forth. So it really was like, I think in its truest form. Yeah. Like this is about the dog and doing the right thing. Yeah. There was no, weird side agendas no like it wasn't like uh the dog i'll use the dog to try to see you yeah. or do this or get in on your life or like yeah human no being yeah. is going to yeah. cart the dog <laughs> it's so funny you know i've recently <laughs> i had this come up so a friend of mine recently had asked me about something kind of similar and i was like you know i because they were not in they were in that sort of like fresh very tough place and also their new person was kind of not cool with the exchanges of whatever. And my thing was like, all right, the best, if it's really about that and, and the dog is front and center is the most important thing. And we're doing what's best for the dog. Like, and I knew them. I was like, you have the money. Like there are people who will come like the, at least as you said, until cooler heads prevail and, and people can get through and cut through all the stuff, the new person, I don't really know, but if it really is just about like the getting together and the picking it up and everybody wants to be happy right now for a short time, you know, there, there are people that are very safe drivers that will come get your dog and go, you know, a dog walker or whatever, just pay for the time. I don't know what ended up having with them, but it made me think about that time. I was like, Wow. Right. It's so different now when I think about it. It was so long ago, but like also anyway, it was it was interesting, I feel like, how looking back on it now that it was so purely about Frank. 
And you never want to, it's the same with a kid. I would, um, you don't ever want to punish a child or a pet right. for like the fact that we are, you know, broken animals and we can't get our shit together. Right. Like those two things need to be mutually exclusive. I mean, you can't sit down a dog and explain to them, oh, mom and dad um, <laughs> literally can't stomach see each other seeing right each other's <laughs> fucking faces right now. Um, so yeah. we're not going to all chill here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they, they just know that all of a sudden the other not most there. pivotal, their person, I'm like the go. other half of their heart is just gone. Yeah. And, and, you know, to see them like sitting by a door wondering when that person is going to go home, come home is, is not something that I, my heart can handle. So. I like literally <laughs> still can't talk about it, <laughs> honestly. So yeah, we can probably leave it there. But there's ways, to, there is a way to do it and it's civil and it's, it's, it doesn't have to, like you said, it doesn't have to complicate the situation no. any more than it already is. Right. All right. Good. Well, that was a good answer to Tom's. And I feel the same way. <laughs> no, I'm in tears. Any other thoughts on me time? We did pretty good. It's just, I just, uh, it's just important. And I would just, I would encourage anyone who's listening um, to find that space and, and carve it out for yourself because it's just so important. Now, you know, maybe more than ever because there is so much noise out there. And yeah. it doesn't matter who you are or what you believe. Um, you know, ideologically, what side of the lines you're on, blue, red, it doesn't matter. Too much is too much. Right. And and we all have thresholds. We all have breaking points. And we just can't let ourselves get there because that's when bad things happen. That is uh, such a, that's so perfectly put. It doesn't, doesn't matter sides. It doesn't matter any of that. It's like, and then I often hear people say things like, you know, I used to hear this a lot and now I kind of get it. Like, you kind of have to heal yourself first uh, before you can do what you need to do in the world, be who you, in, in a relationship, be in a thing, or heal any, like, you know, heal heal first. What do they say? Heal yourself first before you can heal the world. Yeah. It's like this exactly how you started this, which was, as you brilliantly said, putting on your, there's a, there's a reason it is put your oxygen mask on first before helping others. And and I love this topic because I'm still getting to know it myself and uh, exploring it. And I love talking to people about it. As you know, I love it on all levels. And I love that you talked about fantasy sports because that's the thing. It doesn't have to be this extravagant, like, me time doesn't have to be, you know, a big spa day or expensive yeah. or any of that. It can literally be five minutes of your day. It doesn't have to be masturbation either. It can be, though. It 100% can. And it and probably is for a lot of people. And sometimes it should be. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it really but should. It doesn't be. have to be. But it doesn't have to be. Because no. sometimes, and I'm only speaking for myself, of course, <laughs> I need more than 31 seconds of time. <laughs> it's just not going to get sometimes. it done. <laughs> sometimes. 31 seconds ain't going to get it done. No. Sometimes you need more time. Yeah. For me time. That's right. Or. That, that's when you can mix and match. That time. You know? Yeah. You can do 30 seconds of one activity. <laughs> And then 19 minutes of another. <laughs> and when you do the and addition, all when you do the, a lot when you do the you. calculus, it's all me time. It is all me yeah. time in multiple categories. That's right. Okay, good. Everyone, I hope you took something away from this. I did. I definitely took a lot away from this. Uh, I will be thinking of Pink Floyd I now. did Jimi Hendrix. And, oh, 
<laughs> yes. Give me one more. Did I do a Joni Mitchell puppet? No, I think you did. I think I Maybe did Maybe a Joni Mitchell puppet, yeah. I think good. I did too. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Joms, thank you for your time and insight and sharing. I feel like I could talk to you about this topic as you were talking about, like, even just growing up and being an only child and all of that. Like, I feel like there's a whole other. So you'll be back. And I thank you, as always, for being so um, kind and understanding to uh, dipshits like me. <laughs> You're not a dipshit. You're never a dipshit. You're the opposite of a dipshit. And I'm so I'm so grateful for you. And I'm uh, eternally grateful for our friendship and happy I know you. And you're uh, this was wonderful for everybody. And Devin brought it. Devin. In, in the way that she always does. Yeah. Devin. So thanks for that. You brought it, as always. Things um, don't produce themselves. No. Um, do you need more vodka? Are you good? I'm good. You good? good. I'm great. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much, James, for, <laughs> for being so open and sharing so much about your me time. I actually learned a lot. And um, it's funny because I feel like I actually, I know you pretty well, but it, it's always fun to learn new things about even your closest friends. So I hope you all had a great time listening and please stay tuned for next week. We're going to have another fun kind of witchy season wine episode. And don't forget to follow us on our socials at Me Time with Maggie and continue to share what you guys are up to. We love hearing about it. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.